friends. Welcome to Play Along Podcast, the podcast where we play through games. I'm your host, Jared, and today I am joined, as always, by Ben. Oh, hello again. Me first. What's what? Yeah, yeah. And I'm joined by Kai. Doom is corrupting the minds of our children. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If this is your first episode, hi. We're Play Along Podcast. We play video games on the internet and give our opinions to the world, even though they might not want it. Uh, mm. We play video games in a book club style format. We pick a game, we play through a section of it each week, and then we come together, recant what we play through and kind of give our overall feelings of what we experienced. And at the end, we kind of give our opinions of the game as a whole. Uh, we've done a lot of really cool games like Ocarina of Time. We've done Middle Gear Solid. We just finished a very long playthrough of Super Mario RPG. So if you want to check that out, it's like nine episodes or 11 episodes or something like that. So we just finished that. Um, but today we're talking about a very different game from, from <laughs> Super Mario RPG. If, if anything, the the polar opposite of the of the spectrum on video games yes definitely uh we we had played through doom 1993 uh if you don't know what doom is doom is a first person shooter developed by id software originally released on the ms dos uh you play as doom guy and you go through hell killing some demons some demons yes um it's it's probably like do you do you feel it's safe to say it was one of the first kind of mindless shooters yeah i I think started the genre like yeah i mean wolfenstein 3d came out the year before this um but i feel like doom definitely popularized the franchise at least put it on put on oh sorry i didn't know i thought wolfenstein was afterwards no wolfenstein was 92 okay right fair one of the main differences between those two franchises is that wolfenstein focuses more on story and episodic uh ways of telling story within a game Whereas Dooms... Dooms was like, what, what story? What are you talking about? Well, yeah. the, the direct quote. So T- Tom Hall is the guy who yeah. created is created Doom um, and the Doom Bible, which became Doom. He was fired by id Software because he wanted to focus on story. And yeah. John Carmack, the guy who uh, eventually ended up kind of finishing the project, uh, is a direct quote from him. Story in a game is like story in a porn movie. It's expected to be there, but it's not that important. So a man, a man after my own heart, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, you can you can feel it in the game too. You can like there is this overarching story of of your character going, you know, progressing through this narrative sort of. But that's definitely not the main focus. The main focus is running around these tight corridors with guns, and you're shooting demons and blood mm-hmm. splattering, and you're dying, and that's that's the focus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein and Doom also differ in the fact that Doom. Uh, relates to literal demons and spawn of hell and mm-hmm. Wolfenstein deals with uh, metaphorical demons in, in the form of Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> metaphorical so, demons. Um, it also, Doom invented the term Gibbon, which I don't know if anyone... Gibbon? Many people, Gibbon, like Gibbon, as in like a verb, like you, you give ah, somebody gotcha. or you Gibbon. So, um, I believe it's named after one of the... You're just talking about like the monkeys, and I was like, what are you talking about? No, that's a Gibbon. <laughs> that's what I thought you said. <laughs> it's very, very different. Um, but if you if you gib something or if you, if you have gibbed an enemy, um, you essentially uh, shoot them in such a way that they explode and become a pile of mess mm. on the floor. Which is, is a lot of very, that happens in this game. Yeah, it's very characteristic of 
Doom ninety three. It changed a little bit with the with the soft reboot in twenty sixteen, but with the earlier games, yeah. it's it's everywhere. I'm pretty sure it's called Gib or Gibbin. I'm pretty sure there's yeah. a developer who's named Gibbins. Mm. So what we usually do too at the beginning of these games, we kind of go around and kind of gauge our experiences with either the game itself or kind of the franchise as a whole, you know, prior to us playing through this game. So so Ben, kind of talk to us about your experience with Doom. Oh, okay, sorry. Gib is, is short for, for giblets, which is game in slam for violently cleaning a flow in a way that blows them up or otherwise scatters their body parts. I apologize. The origin was incorrect, but the, the meaning was correct. Um, yeah, so Doom. <laughs> um, my, my first experience with Doom is... It, it was one of those things, I feel like it's a game everybody knows, but not everybody yeah. has played. Um. <clears throat> You know, we said earlier that, you know, as much as Wolfenstein came first, Doom is considered like the first true FPS game. Mm-hmm. Um, I I played Doom 2016 on the PS4. Uh, I bought it about a year or two after it came out for like 15 quid, mm-hmm. brand new in a sale. Yeah. And then I didn't play it until 2019. Um, and I regret that because I absolutely loved Doom 2016. It was fucking brilliant. Great game. Absolutely great. Um, just mindless fun. And mm-hmm. I've I've since added Doom Eternal to my list to play because that's the sequel. But mm-hmm. Doom 93 is one of those games that I I probably never would have visited if it wasn't for the podcast, truth be told. Yeah, I think it, it, yeah, like you said, it's one of those things where you, like you know about it, but it's like, oh, I really should check out like the original Doom. But I think this podcast really helped us. Like, okay, now we're gonna actually we're gonna actually go through with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kai, what about you? I had very little experience with Doom in general. I mean, I had heard mm-hmm. that obviously it's a cultural thing, I guess at this point. But um, I mean, my first real experience with Doom came in college when I was studying art and art history and did mm. a course on the history of digital art which incorporated video games obviously and then kind of looked into doom as more of a cultural controversy rather than an actual you know game yeah yeah in a sense um but no i mean i obviously was aware of doom i had played the later versions of it doom 2016 and, and not the full game but just like portions of it and mm. seeing it and you know, mindless games are not usually my forte. <laughs> I, that deep narrative. Yeah, you know, as the <laughs> as the indie hoe on this podcast, um, Doom is <laughs> firmly outside of my general uh, interest. But no, I, I, you know, it is definitely something that is incredibly important to the history of video games, and yeah, I actually ended up really enjoying it. So we can get yeah. into <laughs> that. Can well. I can I make a recommendation for you then, Kyle? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Before getting into, I don't know what your your final thoughts were on Doom. Let's not spoil that. But there is an indie game that um, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Is, is it the rhythm one? No, so this it might oh. what's the rhythm one? But there's yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, this is um it released very recently um on Steam, and I believe it's coming to other platforms. But it's called Hyperviolent, and it is essentially a modern homage to the 90s doom um Hmm. but it's indie oh it's next year it comes out 2022 um and it's like modern day pixelated doom from an indie developer um 
So mm-hmm. if, if you enjoyed Doom, you should oh. go check out Hyperviolent. Interesting. The one I was talking about is there's a game that's very similar to the setup of Doom, first person shooter, dungeons, demons, and stuff like that. But there's kind of like a heavy metal track that plays in the background, and your jumps and your shots and your dodges are all like to the rhythm of the music that's in the background. So it's kind of like if you played things like Crypt of the Necro Dancer or even like the Cadence of Hyrule, your your attacks and your dodges are timed to the beat of the song in the background. And it's very much like fast paced, heavy metal, quick action, quick time button presses and stuff like that. It looked really cool. But it's very similar to Doom. Okay, okay. That sounds cool actually. Yeah. Um, myself, similar to both of you guys, Doom 2016 was the first Doom that I actually played. Uh, Doom is always on my radar, you know. Everyone knows about the controversies of Doom when it had first come out and all the Dooms, you know, going forward. But 2016 is the one that really made me, uh, introduced me into like playing the Doom franchise. Um, There's a lot of games that are Doom adjacent. I think that 93 Doom spawned a lot of different games. You know, we have Duke Nukem, we have Rage, we have Serious Sam. Like I played a lot of Serious Sam on, on the original Xbox and all of those are very, similar to doom um but yeah 2016 was the first one i really got into and it's it's i think it has a lot of the, the 1993 doom has a lot of the the format of that you could see that in the in the subsequent dooms going forward too it kind of mm. it kind of keeps that overall theme yeah i think it's also i don't know if this is true or not this might just be my kind of personal opinion but i feel like Doom did a very good job of setting the standard of taking away from the narrative and like not needing a narrative if the gameplay is is top notch, fun um, and yeah, interesting and, yeah, and addictive. I mean, we I think we briefly touched on like the Dark Souls games and and Sekiro and yeah, even like Shadow of Colossus. Like they don't really have a plot per se; it's much more of a background thing. Um, and I, I like to, I like to imagine that Doom ninety three kind of kicked that off, um, mm-hmm. and kind of opened people's eyes to the idea that, you know, because I mean we, we had like Mario's beforehand and stuff, but this yeah. was a much more serious game that that lacked a story. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so just like initial thoughts, you know, going into, I think that you know the game we play previous to whatever we're talking about our interstitial like affects how we feel a little bit at least, or at least in my own opinion on the game we're playing so kind of what were you guys overall feelings going into doing like playing some early early you know hour or so into the into doom 93 i mean kai do you want to get off oh okay okay <laughs> either uh, one sure okay. yeah I'll, I'll start um overall i think my first hour with doom was very pleasant and very unexpected. This is not the stuff I normally enjoy and right. jumping into it. I mean, it is incredibly easy to get into. It's fun. Um, it's limit as far as mechanics kind of make it like instantaneously playable in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's not much going on. You're just kind of running around uh, labyrinthine levels and killing things. And it's, yeah. it's, in its simplicity is kind of where its success lies, I would say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, where it's just, you know, it, it's the, the fast food equivalent to video games, where it's just yeah. very good and very simple and very easy and kind of all just comes together cohesively. Um, 
I do wish there was a little bit more like development as far as story. Of course, I mean, I wish. What is that... Doom Guy's motivation here? I want to yeah, know his background. Of like, why are we doing this? Well, actually, I do know his background because yeah. I read about it. So there is a, a story that goes with this game that they removed, yeah. but it was put into the manuals, um, so you could actually read the story. So Doom Guy was uh, was was put into a punitive colony on Mars uh, because he uh, assaulted his head officer who was killing civilians on like a like a mission uh, and he wanted to stop that from happening so he was forced to uh, work at the punitive colony uh, and then because they were doing experiments that were opening portals to hell uh, on on mars uh, and connecting other moons um they uh they accidentally opened a portal and then the demons started coming out of that portal and killing the scientists who were working on this project and he had to single-handedly hold off the invasion of of demons goblins Mm. uh, other hellish creatures uh himself which you know like it's not it's not a complicated story it's not something that wouldn't have been easy to include in the first like five minutes of gameplay with some scrolling text like i'm not expecting you know full cutscenes or anything but I, i do think it it makes your actions more informed and gives you a better reason of like continuing playing um especially with how short it is like yeah the first episode of doom i played through in probably less than an hour i mean maybe an hour Mm -hmm. i don't really remember i was kind of into it and going through it but i mean it's not a very long experience or or complicated in any way so i don't know maybe just adding that at the beginning yeah it's, it's also the um at the end of each episode you'll get like a short blurb um, which kind of details what the next episode's going to be. So it will say like, oh, you managed to fight the invasion of Mars, but you entered this fin and you realize there's now uh, a sub-level to this portal and now you have to defeat mm. these demons. And yeah. I, I think a big part of... I mean, I was also ex- expecting a bit more story, if I'm being honest, but um, I don't... It, it takes away from the game a little bit, but not to the point that I think it's it's like detrimental. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Doom twenty sixteen being my first game kind of affected that a bit because mm. again, to, Doom twenty sixteen isn't very story heavy, but there are those cutscenes. There's cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot more story heavy than Doom ninety three. Yeah, yeah. But um, but me personally, um, my first kind of hour with Doom, I honestly, I fucking loved it. I really, really loved it. Um, yeah. And don't get me wrong, part of that is because, um, I mean, do you mind if I share some like BTS of like how we record, like the? No, oh, yeah, definitely go for it. Yeah. So no, do we some behind we, the scenes? Uh-huh. we um we had a two-week gap normally we have a one we record every week but jared mm-hmm. was busy last weekend so we recorded double super mario and then on the sunday after we finished playing super mario i started playing doom literally as soon as i finished recording the podcast i started downloading doom and so mm-hmm. I think that that kind of played into my fun in the first hour because I was coming straight off the back end of Super Mario RPG. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've had two weeks to play Doom, and I've, I've managed to complete it, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it, it's, it was surreal, is my first hour, I would say, surreal, because 
a lot of it was just muscle memory from Doom 2016, truth be told. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Doom 2016 is a little bit different because you have like the weapon wheel instead of the the sliding weapons at the top. You can use LB and RB to change your weapon. Um, and there's no jumps or anything like that like there is in Doom 2016. But the, the strafing yeah. around corners and the strafing... In between yeah. rockets and stuff from the demons, it was it was very much muscle memory, and it's um, a term that I I picked up from a YouTube channel called Girlfriend Reviews, which I recently got into, which is brilliant. Channel. Oh, nice, brilliant. Love girlfriend reviews. Um, they use the term gaming literate. She says that her boyfriend is gaming literate, and she isn't meaning that mm. when you pick up a controller, like you always know that. Like, for instance, on an Xbox, you know that RT is always shoot, A is normally going to be jump, B is going to be crouch. Like, it's. Right, right. And so, if you're somebody who is gaming literate, the likelihood is you're going to be able to pick up a controller and play Doom and know 90% of what you're doing, truth be told. And so, it's, it's very. Um, maybe it's the simplicity of the fact it's a 93 game, but it's very user-friendly i guess is the way i'm trying to explain it no definitely and i think that playing doom 2016 helps with that um kai and i had a little conversation because and we can jump into this conversation now too or a little little later but he was saying that you you liked this better than doom 2016 that's what you said right yes i'm not yeah no you're not you're not wrong um yeah and i and i was i was thinking about that and i think that in my mind, they're almost the same. And I think that that muscle memory comes into play too. Do you know in games like the Halo Master Chief Collection, where you can kind of click by with a click of a button, you can go from like the modern HD graphics back to the original Xbox graphics. I kind of think about that with Doom, this Doom and Doom 2016, where they almost have the same exact kind of structure except Doom 2016 is like a little more polished, obviously better graphics, better mobility, more guns, cutscenes, and stuff like that. But they're, they feel this like the same to me. Like when I picked up the controller and started playing 93, I had that same feeling with you that you had been, it was like muscle memory. It was like, Oh, I've played this before. This feels very similar. It felt very similar to Doom 2016. Yeah. I mean, and we should say as well that um, it's, I would say that in a sense, I I think I I side with Kai. I think I prefer yeah. 93 in a way just because interesting. The it, it's almost for the simplicity of it. Like Doom 2016 you have the the jump and a double jump and the jetpack and right. you can hover. It's a little more can, it's a little more complicated, you know. Yeah, and also, you know, what I found in Doom 2016 as well is that uh you have that like I don't know what they call it. I think it's called a glory kill system. Yeah, where, you have like the like the takedowns. Like once you get the enemies will glow once yes, their health is yes, low yes. enough, and if you hit the melee button, then you'll do like a cool animation where you like rip arms off or like rip their eyes out and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's not just all the um, fun. It's not just that you you also can use that to get health and ammo for Doom right. guy. And I kind of enjoyed not having that in Doom ninety three because if I mm. ran out of chain gun ammo or something, then I had to improvise. I had to go back to my shotgun, which by, trust me, I'm saying back to my shotgun. The shotgun in this game is oh, stupidly yeah. Oh, it's OP. Yeah, you just, you just use the shotgun pretty much. <laughs> you yeah, switch guns. 
it was like also the invisible enemies. I can imagine they were much harder to see on like a CRT screen or a computer monitor back when Doom 93 came out. Um, But this game has invisible enemies that Doom 2016 doesn't have. And the crosshair only moves horizontally. You can't vertically move the crosshair. So you can shoot enemies that are lower than you, but you have to line it up in a way that the crosshair goes red instead of yellow. And Mm -hmm. you can kind of mess around with that and... I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just the simplicity of it because yeah. Doom 2016 was very like, oh, someone's firing at me. Okay, I'm going to jump and I'm going to hover in the air and then I'm going to go over here. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's just Doom 93 is just fucking strafe. Like if, you, if you're not strafing, if you're not moving, then you're going to suffer. Right, um, right. Yeah. And I, I feel that I almost, I almost preferred that, yeah. that simplicity, mm-hmm. to be honest. I mean yeah. the way the way that I look at it is is like there are some things that are just better in in that format like you know you can take chess and you can like dress it up and make it three dimensional and you know add animation to chess but like at the end of the day it's just chess the game of chess is like the most important part right like that's yeah. the entire concept of that and the way that you play is the best part of that game and mm. like the same thing like maybe with a less pretentious example like monopoly <laughs> is another example like you can add credit cards to monopoly you can make park place you know something in your neighborhood or whatever but at the end of the day the original game of monopoly is the best version of it hands down yeah. it's just like you know it's something classic about it it's something so mm. instantly recognizable and you know something you get instantaneously and so that that's what this feels like it's like yeah you can dress up doom to be in new graphics or whatever for the 2016 version and like yeah you can add you know some some cool things you couldn't do in the original one because of the limits like jumping and being able to aim up and down but like the end of the day it it is the same thing and like that's what we're experiencing is it's like oh Mm -hmm. this is just this is just an enhanced version of what the original was which yeah, I mean, this game was so unique in its way that it approached this yeah. outside of Wolfenstein 3D, obviously, which was not as, as popular. But, it, I mean, Doom clone was the word for first-person shooter for, oh, like, yeah, absolutely. three years after this game came out. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's how effective it was yeah. at what it was within the genres. It was like, oh, yeah, everything that's like this is just a Doom clone. Like, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. there's very few games that I've played that have as long lineage as Doom does or, you know, a lot of sequels that that keeps so much of the skeleton of the original game in its more modern versions you know mm-hmm. i haven't played doom, doom eternal and i do i know doom eternal has a lot more platforming than normal dooms do uh, and a lot of people are like hit or miss with that but at least the 2016 like that shares so much of the skeleton of the original doom and doom 2016 was supposed to be like a reboot for the franchise and i think they did a fantastic job at at doing yeah. that and kind of bringing bringing old doom players back where that felt a lot like the original. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like it's it's the same kind of philosophy that like From Software have with the with the Souls series, mm-hmm. um, minus Sekiro and Bloodborne was similar, but it, it did some things different. But it's that kind of if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind yeah. of mentality, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what one other thing about this game that. I think is is really interesting is so many of not only like the mechanics of first person shooters but just a lot of uh kind of the level design aspects like there's a lot of this that reminds me of um like goldeneye yeah yeah and like that's what I was gonna say. early games like that and especially with the um 
like early Halo games and the floating orbs that are, uh, you know, like special powers, like mm. that is directly pulled from this. Like this has yeah. Yeah. the secret areas. It has, you know, the additional weapons you pick up. Like Halo is in a sense, a doom clone, like, like yeah. in its essence, yeah, it definitely. takes directly from this. Um, and it just kind of builds on it, which, right. which is so interesting for me to see because like, the game even without that is incredibly fun and easy to play but that stuff specifically is just like oh my god like i've played so many games that utilize this exact mechanic of like oh where is the you know secret door and where does that lead to and like oh there's these little like treasure rooms filled with different things and it was just it was surprising to me of like how much an effect this had on gaming as a whole and the games that came after it i mean even uh ideas that it pulled from you know i i looked up because this game definitely has like a metroidvania style dungeon crawling to it in, in a sense you know you're going from room to room you're looking for secrets and stuff like that um and metroid came out i think in 86 1986 yeah yeah it's probably late, <clears throat> 80s, late to mid 80s yeah 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 and you can see that in here i mean with the metroidvania a lot of that is like retracking through areas you've been to before with like a new power up that like, can unlock different areas and that doesn't play into too much here but you know going back and like there's a level where you can see out of a window and there's a secret in this big open area but you don't know how to get out of that get from out of inside where you are so you're going mm-hmm. around and you're clicking on walls to try and find the secret door until you finally find it and it leads you out into this area but that consists of you going back through the level that you've just been through and looking at did i miss an area is there a door that's like maybe a little bit different color is it like textured a little bit different so it has it has some structure of like metroidvanias in it too which i think is really cool yeah but i mean you've also got that um that system of needing the keys or the skulls to unlock the corresponding door Mm -hmm, color mm -hmm. um Yep. And you know, like you've got the blue skull, but you need the red skull to get to the next area to get to the exit. So you need to backtrack and and find the red skull. And then I also I, I want to be a little bit like geeky here and <laughs> and kind of talk about the. That's why we're here, buddy. <laughs> I want to talk about like the mechanics of the yeah. game and and the way that it was created because I feel like we need to to celebrate the the ingenuity that went into making this game right because mm-hmm. one of the one of the big standing out fins from doom 93 is just the number of monsters and demons that will be on the screen shooting at you at once yeah and the the way that that's done is to kind of contain them in one area so it might be like a a field but what it will mean is that nothing outside of that field needs to be rendered mm-hmm. so by minimalizing what needs to be rendered you can have more on screen and also mm-hmm. in terms of like level design like mm-hmm. i was genuinely tense like i don't know how far how far did you guys get through through doom we we so rolled we, credits on it we played the well the first episode we played and then we played a lot of um the multiplayer uh, team like yeah multiplayer and, and then we did deathmatch too in deathmatch as well in the uh, episodes preceding it. it's really fun <laughs> very yeah. stressful later on as you get into the it's a little bit in the second but mainly in the third and fourth um episodes there are lots of very tight corridors especially the last level 
the last episode, the last couple of levels, you're almost in this like labyrinth lair where mm-hmm. you are essentially just following these corridors, and it's it's strangely atmospheric because it's pixelated as a 93 game but it's still tense because you don't know when you turn mm-hmm. a corner you don't know if there's going to be like an imp or a shotgun guy that you can just one shot with a shotgun but then there were times that i turned around and there was um i don't know what the name is for them i call them a beholder the giant floating eyes that shoot fins mm-hmm. i think they're here i'll look it up for you i got you um Keep but also there were times where I remember turning the corner and there was a door. I opened the door and there was a Baron of Hell behind it. And the Baron of Hell is like a fucking eight, nine foot tall demon, like hoofed feet that (laughs) shoots green balls of magic at you. And they are super hard to take down. And it was that element of the unknown. And, you know, the... It's very easy to say... I mean, we, we spoke about it before and we said that, like, you know, limitations create innovation in a way. Like, yeah, absolutely. They, they didn't have this super powerful system. Um, and so they were like, okay, well, if we make the corridors very tight and if we make it a very tense atmosphere, it will add to the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. something that, that even carried on into like the Metro series. Anybody yeah, who's yeah. played the Metro series, especially not so much Exodus. Exodus was a bit more of an open world, but um, Metroid 2033 was oh, set yeah. in the subways of Moscow. It was super dark, super small corridors, and you just didn't know what was going to be around the corner. It was the mm. same as um, PT. PT had that like very oh, narrow hallway kind of situation going on. Right, right. And, you know, it's just round of applause for whoever did the level design and oh, yeah. I mean for the whole team who who pieced it all together and mm-hmm. and worked out how to create that atmosphere because even though the game is 28 years old oh, damn <laughs> it's as old as I am um I was still tense the entire fucking time oh absolutely and I still just couldn't believe it yeah were the the I will even you're talking about the big red floating heads Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are called the Cacodemons. And then the big guys that throw like the green energy at you, those are called the Baron of Hell. Yeah, Baron of Hell, yeah. Because um, yep. in the in the first and second episode, the final boss is... Um, Two of them. No, is a Cyber Demon. Oh. Which is a... I do see the Cyber Demon on here. Massive, like, 10-foot tall... It looks like a Baron of Hell, but it shoots rockets at you. And mm-hmm. then in the third and fourth episode, the final boss is, I think they called it a spider demon or a cyber spider or something. It's essentially a, um, it has like a metal frame with eight legs. And then it's basically just a big brain, but it shoots a chain gun at you. It's just like unlimited chain gun ammo coming at you. It's called an arachnotron. Um, arachnotron. God. <laughs> spider demon is so much easier. <laughs> We're getting the we're the live fact checks here on this episode. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to I wanted to touch on the on the level design because even though it was an extremely um, limiting system that the game was created mm-hmm. on, it was still utilized really fucking yeah. well. Well, that go, that that 
comes into play with the multiplayer and the deathmatch as well, because that's two of the things that Kai and I got to experience. Um, but the multiplayer is it's, it's essentially just like the normal game, but with another person, you know, it doesn't, I think, I don't know if there's different levels. They're pretty much the same levels, right? You're just going through the same levels. For the multiplayer? Yeah, I don't think there was, yeah, yeah there, there's not. the different levels of each episode. Right, there wasn't like multiplayer specific levels or anything like that. No, 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 no. Um, but it was interesting because a lot of the times they would spawn us on like different sides of the map. So like we weren't spawned together. We would usually spawn on different sides and you just have to make our way towards one another and then kind of work together from there. But it, that was interesting that they did that. Okay, yeah, because I didn't... What is that squeaking sound? I apologize, oh, no. it's my chair against the wall. <laughs> so what is happening? I, uh, uh, I mean, you haven't squeaked this episode in your chair, so... Yeah, so he had, I, I he had uh, you know... Yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. been remaining perfectly still. It's actually very <laughs> stressful. I'm cognizant of it the whole time. But, um, uh, yeah, I didn't get to play any multiplayer because... Um, Ellie, Ellie was watching me, but she's she's not big on gaming. She did have a shock that was quite funny. Um, she got super into when I was fighting the Cyber Demon, the Rocket Launcher mm. boss, um, and she was like, sort of, I could see her like, you know, when someone's not really played video games very much, and something comes at them, like, so he's shooting a rocket at me, and instant instantly I'm strafing to the right, right. and Ellie's like in real life move into the right move into the left <laughs> <laughs> um but she she was like oh how old is this game i was like it's 93 and she was like damn is there a new one and i was like yeah look up doom 2016 gameplay trailer and she was like yeah okay this is crazy different she was like this is far too graphic for me <laughs> but i didn't get to play the multiplayer because she's yeah. she's not big on it that's a good segue because i feel like we can't talk about doom and not talk about the controversies that surround doom oh god uh that's around that's the 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 uh the christians league emailing you telling you that you're going to hell for playing doom good old right, right. Tom, tom of bethesda is like um, right exactly and he's like don't talk, avoid the contract don't talk about the controversy no but in 1993 and even in 2016 i mean you just talked about how ellie said that it was a little too graphic i mean there's a big difference between this and 2016 in terms of mm -hmm. obviously gore and 2016 visually looks more 2016 ripped the arm off of an imp and beat it to death yeah with yeah. its own arm yeah but it, it's I, I can see the controversy but it's hard to look at this doom and be like this doesn't look this doesn't look bad. I mean you have to remember like this is when did Mortal Kombat come out? Uh live fact checking the play along pod. Uh well he live fact checks this. Um to summarize the controversies around this game, it was criticized by religious organizations for its diabolic undertones and was dubbed a mass murder simulator by critic and Killology Research Group founder David Grossman. Doom prompted fears that the then emerging virtual reality technology could be used to simulate extremely <laughs> realistic killing. The Nintendo boy is not playing Doom 93. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> okay, but I will say that. Okay, like, Excuse like I don't me, know. I play Doom 93. I'm a, I'm a Nintendo boy. I don't know if it's... I'm just, I'm just kidding, I know. <laughs> Sorry, go on, go on, Kai, go on. I, I don't know if it's because I have, have lived in, in the video game world for, for this long and I'm just, you know, desensitized to violence or whatever, you know, 45-year-old moms in Wisconsin say. 
Um, but like, like that, that was one of the first things like talking about the first hour of gameplay that I told Jared is like, how did people get upset at this? Yeah. Like, it's so stupid. Like, and I, I know we live in a world of, you know, cultural grievances and, you know, Mr. Mr. Potato Head is now genderless and that's everyone's up in arms about it. And it's like, are you fucking serious? But it's the same thing, you know, and it proves that we haven't really changed that much in the 26 years or 28 years that this game has been out. Is it's like, yeah, people just want something to attack that does not perfectly culturally align with what they believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get it, you know, like the whole demon thing and the pentagrams, like, okay, maybe you don't <laughs> want your child, like, I guess, being exposed to, to the reality of, you know, religious iconography. I mean, but there are... So- for anyone who's actually read the Bible, there are much worse things in that than appear <laughs> exactly. in this game. Mm-hmm. Cain and Abel. Yeah, exactly. It's a little, it's a little, uh, you know... It's just yeah. You have to remember, like, sorry, you, you, you have good. to remember that, like, Kiss were controversial at one point. Mm-hmm. The band of four men dressed up as fucking, you know, like what was one of them like yeah, a I star don't, I don't man? Know what, the other one was I don't a know dog. What to define and, them as. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they were controversial because they wore no, high yeah. boots and spikes. Like, yeah. It's just it's just different from the norm, you know. Also, Mortal Kombat came out in '92, so the year before. Oh, okay, okay, right. So this is probably so people were still angry about Mortal Kombat, and then and then Doom came out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's back the back off of that, but I, I feel like the I feel like the religious aspects are probably more controversial than the actual graphics of it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, because don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you know, you shoot an imp or you shoot a shotgun guy, and they they kind of explode and they're like a pile mm-hmm. on the floor. But you know, it's like it, when you put it into perspective, you compare it to Mortal Kombat that come out the year before, and right. you had like Scorpion ripping the spine out of a guy. Exactly. You know, and like it's like, is that really you know? Okay. I think it was more, like you said, the demonic undertones than the actual gore of it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. This game should be celebrated by the right conservative Christian community. Like, okay, think about it. A, they love gun rights. Here we go. They love owning guns, and they love big guns. So, newsflash, this game is all about guns. Also, you're killing things from hell. That's like... That's like porn for Christians. Like I don't understand. Like you're just like, yeah, killing demons. Woo! Conquering hell. Like I just don't understand. This should be like your this should be part of the Bible. This should be taught in Sunday school. Like I don't understand. <laughs> Change also, Doom Guy to Jesus with an AK and they yeah, fucking exactly, love it. <laughs> exactly. A hundred percent. They're like, Yeah, we're conquering the levels of hell. But then also Wolfenstein, which came before this, had literally no controversy. And it's because you're killing Nazis and we dehumanize yeah. Nazis. Not that I'm supporting Nazis by any means, but but the idea that <laughs> oh, like fucking oh we throw a pentagram and some demons and that's like egregious but a game that's where it's literally killing a group of humans that did exist and it's like that's fine no one likes nazis so but as soon as as soon as you know hell is involved people are like you're corrupting my children i mean you have to remember as well like the the 90s man jared can i get a fact Uh check on the okay here we go let me know what do you need on the the 90s (laughs) 90s when, when the, the troubles happened in Ireland, the, uh, the troubles was essentially a war between the the Catholics and the Protestants of Ireland, and um, okay. was, but basically it was to do with um, Ireland joining the UK and 
the Catholics didn't want to and the Protestants did want to, and there was a big, like, literal, like, IRA blowing fucking cars up and... Do you, do you want to know how ethnocentric fucking American public education is? I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you know? Uh, well, no, what was, not at all. Ben, were you needing the fact check to see if you were accurate or are you looking at years? Uh, years. Okay, so it was, it lasted 30 years from the late 1960s to 1998. There you go, there you yeah. Go. So, I mean, and that was like genuinely like, it was to do with the UK, but it was also just to do with the fact that I'm a Catholic and you're a Protestant. And um, you would literally have like the IRA would announce like, we are going to blow up a car at this place at this time. Do not be there. And they would like blow up cars and bins in town center to, to essentially terrorize people out of the areas that they deemed should be Catholic because these people were Protestant. It was, um, fucking horrible horrible situation and that's not to i mean you know the protestants did some fucked up shit to the catholics as well but um the, the point i was trying to make is that you know the the uk and ireland at that time were extremely religious i mean even to this day uk mm. is, is you know most of uk society is built off the back of the church of england and and the catholic church um and it's just i feel like this is what i mean i feel like the religious the religious undertones are are more of the problem rather than the graphic violence um, oh absolutely yeah. i think so and i don't i don't mean to uh to attack anyone for being religious for those of you listening out there it's, it's okay i'm not i'm just the overreaction at the time from a general population of what i can only imagine were like 35 to 45 year old moms like that is the frustrating part to me not, not generally religion in general but yeah mm. but what's weird Just is to cover my part. ass for those twitter ads <laughs> when they're like fuck you at play along pod you like uh, atheist yeah. bastards like because <laughs> i mean but what's weird is that like have either of you heard of a game called hatred yeah we were looking into this while we were playing because we were looking at other yeah. controversial games at the time and i remember when that game was being announced and like gameplay trailers and people freaked out they're like this is awful and it got like the adult rating and then never came out i mean it is out you can play it it's on pc it never launched on console but it is on steam that's what it was yeah um but for anybody who doesn't know hatred is a game that came out i want to say 2016 2017 probably here we go life app checks with play along time. <laughs> um, but essentially it was it was marketed as a game where you basically played as a guy who hated the world and went out and you essentially committed mass murder. Like that's without, without delving into it too much. That's what I remember. You was essentially a very mm-hmm. pent up angry person who went out with knives and a bunch of weapons. And the idea was just to massacre as many people as you could and, mm-hmm kill the police that were trying to stop you and that's why a lot yeah. of people kind of deemed it as like the the mass shooting simulator and the mass murder mass like simulator but Here, i, I got like... your fact check for you oh sorry no, go, go ahead no go on uh, so Hatred, a little description here, is an isometric shoot-em-up video game developed and published by Destructive Creations that released June 1st, 2015 on Windows. The player character is a misanthropic, misanthropic mass killer who begins a genocide crusade to kill as many humans as possible. Yeah, there is a word for people who hate 
humans as a race and want to eradicate them. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird though because I feel like that game garnered less controversy than like Doom and Mortal Kombat like back in the 90s because you look at Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat was in the news for like god knows how many months when it fucking released like it was just everywhere you look back and it's all the news talked about well i mean i think the the other thing is that you're talking about two different levels of you know cultural awareness like hatred was something that was around in the gaming community in a sense but like outside of that in broader culture it wasn't a thing when doom was released it was you know they were selling millions of copies to you know whoever would purchase them and so it became more of like oh like everyone is experiencing this thing or everyone is playing this game whereas hatred was more specifically like <laughs> i'm edgy and then the gaming industry was like you can't sell this like <laughs> it's literally just a sure, murder but also i mean grand theft auto is the same concept like that's true no one anyone who's played grand theft auto has done the exact same thing as that game you go and kill random people on the street you you know beat the shit out of a prostitute or whatever the people say about grand theft auto but like that is the point like you can wrap it up in the fact that it's like a criminal you know like game with like some story behind it but at the same time most people who jump into grand theft auto especially online like that's the whole experience you're just someone who's like angry and killing people with guns so it's just how you package it the problem with hatred is they packaged it as this like oh i'm enraged and i want to go murder the human race if they just would have been like well it's just a simulator of a city where you have some guns and you can kill some people like it wouldn't have been a problem but they were going for the reaction and they got <laughs> the reaction that they needed yeah Be- being misanthropic is the general hatred dislike or distrust of the human species oh there you go yeah. that's that's what it is yeah yep 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 um yeah it's a lot but i mean doom like doom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing one thing i want to go back to, to doom is that yeah uh, i know that i've already talked about tom hall but I, you know i do i do enjoy uh investigating individuals who have been ousted by the things that they created tom hall was the one who created doom and he was fired uh, 10 weeks before the game was released uh, because he d- had disagreements with the direction that they were taking it in. Uh, he then went to Apogee and made a game called Rise of the Triad, which was based in the engine that he developed as well for Wolfenstein 3D because he worked on that project. And apparently it's very, very good. Um, but it is based on the concept of Doom, but incorporates story. So that may be an interesting, like, uh, play that as like a comparison yeah like a comparison mm-hmm. of being like okay here's here's the creator of doom doing what he envisioned in this engine like how does it and maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe you know story does ruin it and it just like mm-hmm. dilutes the essence of the game and you're just like this is boring and pointless but apparently it was well received and it's just interesting that you know directly after being removed from id software he went and you know developed something in the same engine mm. um yeah. yeah, it's like you you end up like killing all these demons, you find out they're like fleeing war and genocide, and you're like, oh shit. Just <laughs> murdered half their population. Interesting. So so the Rise of the Triad actually was supposed to be a, a Wolfenstein sequel called Wolfenstein 3D Rise of the Triad, and then it became its own standalone game. What do triads have to do with aren't triads Japanese uh, Chinese gangsters? I don't, it would, yeah, they, I believe they're Japanese, but I don't think that has to do with the triads here. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, 
Yeah, apparently it shares similarities with Hall's Doom Bible. Yeah, yeah that's what I was uh, reading. So what, what is the Doom Bible? What is that? The Doom Bible was uh, created by Hall, and it was the entire concept of doom mm-hmm. how he envisioned the game being played and like it was it was just like you know like the pitch deck pretty much it was like look right, i have right. a game it's going to be this space marine who was you know put in a punal colony on mars to fight off the scientists who were bringing hell gates opening on this planet and like this is how i envision the gameplay this is what the story is and then mm-hmm. he pitched that to id software and they were like yeah this is great except for the whole story part and most of the things you've come up with um and then they fired him literally 10 weeks before the game was released and they were like fuck you uh we're gonna take all the credit um wow. yeah, that's wild. it's software out here only fans in people before only <laughs> <receive> <laughs> i know uh rise of the triad is on steam for 14.99 us dollars first of all 14.99 jesus what is this it should be free it was released in like 1994 <laughs> 14.99 doom's original price was nine dollars this <laughs> this wow. looks really this looks really good. Like graphically, it looks. I might play it in my time. Compared to Doom, compared to Doom ninety three, this looks really good. What year did this come out? Nineteen ninety four. Interesting. Yeah, and then full version in ninety five. It released on Steam in twenty thirteen. So I don't know if this is like a newer version or. That's such bullshit because it's like, you. I mean. The, the only fans joke was a topical joke, but it, it literally is. They they took the man's idea and yeah. literally fired him. What was it? Ten weeks, you said? Ten weeks before yeah. the game came out. So he's not going to get any fucking royalties. He's not going to get nope. anything from that because it are going to own the license and the mm-hmm. IP. Well, now Microsoft owns it. <laughs> uh, and now, unfortunately, the last thing that Tom Hall uh, designed... And Tom Hall... Uh, feel free to add me at, at Twitter. I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, the last uh, thing he what's, created... What's your at? Uh, <laughs> at PlayAlongPod. I don't have Twitter. Uh, oh, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, Gordon, the last thing he made was in 2016, Gordon Ramsay's uh, uh, mobile game, Gordon Ramsay Dash. Oh, we uh, gotta play that. Developed by Play First and uh, published by Glue Mobile. He was the lead game designer. How far they fall. Oh, I know. Unless that game's like super story deep and we're not knowing... <laughs> Like like before he on 1989 he worked on Catacomb, Hover Tank, Shadow Knights, and then he was on Wolfenstein 3D, Doom. He did Rise of the Triad, and then kind of from there it's just been a bunch of stuff. I mean, there are literally games on here that don't even have Wikipedia links, uh, so you know that's not great. Here, but, guys, um, I posted uh, some screenshots of Rise of the Triad in our general chat, so you guys can check those out. But it looks that looks great. Yeah, it that looks must really be good. remade though. Yeah, there's I have no, no idea. way that that was the original. And holy shit there's way too yeah. many like light effects yeah it's just as rise of the triad but it released it says release date july 31st 2013 so i, don't I mean know rise the original rise of the triad was built in the same engine it was built in the right uh, right the ddd i don't remember what it was called but um uh the oid tech one um, yeah which was so limited at the time that they couldn't even figure out a way to appropriately do like cross y-axis aiming mm-hmm. so like yeah. i don't think that this is the same yeah thing. i mean it looks like it but there's nothing on here that says like you know like definitive edition or also like uh, new version or whatever uh, for those of you who are like dude this is a audio medium what are you looking at we're looking at screenshots of rise of the triad and it does look like a two xbox better than that there's a lot of lighting effects 
Yeah, maybe yeah, like early get... 360. Yeah, early 360. Yeah, yeah. would be yeah. a good description. There's a lot yeah. of um, lot of um, like muzzle flare from the guns and and small mm-hmm. features that wouldn't be possible back then. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, okay. So has has playing Doom 93 made you want to play the other Dooms? Because obviously you've got Doom 2, Doom 3, and Doom 64. Correct. Um, are you looking to play the others? Because they are on Games Pass, I believe. Yeah. I thought I, I, okay. Go for it. Uh, interestingly, I did enjoy Doom. And no, not at all. I have no want to play the rest of them. And yeah. that's the most... like, And I think it's because Doom was the entrance into first person shooters obviously and it's like if i want to play a successful sequel to doom i'll just play a fun first person shooter like yeah doom is very interesting as a, as a piece of art and a piece of history and, and gaming history and like yeah it's very fun but i like uh, the franchise as far as what it offers moving forward doesn't interest me because it's like you know so many people built off of what they did and did yeah. interesting things off of doom like it, and it is true in the sense that like when after this game came out, they used Doom clone as the literal definition of first person shooters. Like that makes sense. Like, because there are still Doom clones today. Yeah. Like you, any first person shooter is theoretically a Doom clone. And so it's like, yeah, like that. I have much more interest in playing the other games that came after this that include narrative and, yeah, you know, mechanical difference than just like a, you know, spray and pray shooter Slight, or whatever. Slightly better version yeah. of this, what we just played. Exactly. No, I completely agree. I think that, after playing Doom, I don't necessarily feel obligated to play two, three, or sixty-four. Uh, Eternal is on my radar. Obviously, that's the that's the newest one. That's the you know fundamentally whatever mechanically best version of it, I guess. Um, but it's different than like with Metal Gear Solid. I mean, and narrative probably has something to do with this. After we played the first one, I wanted to play the second and the third, but less because of the the mechanics and the gameplay and more for those narrative purposes because i want to see where else these characters would go in doom mm. sense i imagine doom 2 3 and 64 are just doom with a little bit better mechanics and if that's the case i'm just going to jump to eternal which is the most modern version of that or like i said play another game like we're playing rage 2 right now that's very doom yeah. in, in terms of gameplay it has a little more of a narrative but it's it's a more modern version of that so i don't i don't think i'll go back i mean new. wolfenstein we that is a game that both we both have enjoyed i mean we've played through the modern wolfenstein games and yeah. like that takes the best parts of doom the kind of like you know labyrinth mm-hmm. levels the big big shooty shooty guns uh, but then, you know, incorporates obviously a story that's very interesting, like an environment that's very interesting, kind of the world building that is lacked in the Doom franchise. And like, yeah, so like there are there are games that are even from the same company that, you know, maybe approach yeah. the subject a little bit better. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Ben? No, I, I feel the same. I feel the same. Like I, I may... I may dabble in it. Like my my stepdad, he's he's very big on Doom. Um, absolutely loves Doom, and he has played all of them. And he says to me that apparently Doom Three is trash. Mm. So those are his words, not mine. Gotcha, um, gotcha. He said it's trash and it's not Doom. Um, At Bulletin said, Ben on Twitter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> underscore bulletin underscore underscore. Sorry, sorry, underscore. Some yeah. random person with Bulletin <laughs> Ben's and get all this like Doom hate. Um, apparently Doom 2 is essentially 
uh, Doom 1 with some slightly upgraded mechanics and they have a double barrel shotgun as well as a normal Ooh. shotgun so but from all accounts it doesn't really change much doom 64 is just more polished because of the power of the ps4 uh, of the ps4 god of the 64 um <laughs> playing wolfenstein 64 on my ps4 <laughs> but apparently yeah it's it's kind of like you alluded to it's not really the the, the story element of doom doesn't really pick yeah. up until the soft reboot in 2016 yeah, yeah. Um, and like you said, there are so many games that have been influenced by by Turok. And... Turok's another one. Turok's just yes. doing with dinosaurs. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Turok Turok's is really Turok, Turok is really good. Um, okay, guys. Well, let's kind of go around and we'll give our overall opinions on this. If we well, before we do okay. overall opinions, I just want to add one last thing that I think is important about Doom is that it along with many other things that it introduced into the gaming world, it did uh, create the first modding community. Oh, yeah. Um, which oh, wow, we, okay. Yeah, so the game uh, incorporated a data packet called a WAD, which stands for Where Is All The Data, which allowed the game to be pretty much completely altered, in a sense, um, by mods, um, which is very cool. But that, I think, explains a lot of why so many games now take inspiration from this is because mm -hmm. this was the first opportunity for individuals who are interested in video games or interested in building video games to really have a direct access to uh yeah. you know the not only the um, engine that this game was built in which was released to the public in 1997 but also to modding this game which there became hundreds of mods for this um, yeah. because it was mm. so available to do and, and probably yeah is what a lot of the people who are even building games today started, started on, out, yeah. was, was building within, you know, the, the ID tech one yeah. uh, engine and modifying the wad packets for the original doom game. Well, it really um, helped too that the, at least the first episode was free. Like they just yeah. had it on a shareware and like, I think they said, what was it? Like 15 to 20 million people had the game within the first two years, which is wild. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Like even by today's standards, like, no, yeah, fifteen to twenty million in two years is still is very wild. Yeah, game games celebrate like selling five million copies in a year, like let alone yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, that's actually crazy. Uh, the game actually, because of how many people were modding it, someone was going to mod a uh, Star Wars version of the game. Oh, that would be cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it forced Star Wars to actually release one of the first. I'm trying to find the actual name of the the title, but it it for it forced them. Oh, Dark Forces. Mm -hmm. uh, it forced them to release the first person under Lucas Arts because uh, the wad was rumored to be released. And so they were like, well, we better get to the, the video game market before these modding fools uh, mod Doom to look like Star Wars. And so that actually pushed them to uh, to mm. actually release the game, which I think is really Started interesting. Started to like, spiral towards the Old Republic and and Battlefronts and stuff. So, yeah. That's interesting. So who knows? If it was a worm for Doom, we may not have the uh, the lineage of Star Wars games that we have now. <laughs> Uh, it depends yeah. what side of the fence you're on as to, <laughs> as to whether that's good or bad. Good old modern Battlefront 2. Okay, well, you know, let's, <laughs> let's not focus on that. Yeah. Okay, well, now we'll go around and give our opinions, if we'd recommend it, and all that jazz. Uh, ben, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, TLDR, in case you couldn't have yep. picked up by now, I would 100% recommend this game. <laughs> um, yeah. 
it's it's on games pass if you want to play it um i'm sure you could emulate it i'm sure that there are other platforms it's readily available on it's not it is it's one of the few games that is not just a great history piece but it's also just a great fucking game um and i mean we we talked about like ocarina was a good game and a good history piece and and doom is another example of that um if you've played eternal or doom 90 uh doom 2016 this will be like a walk in the park in terms of getting used to how the game plays um it can be a little bit tedious because there is like a Mm -hmm. almost like a puzzle element to it in like i said you need certain car like certain color cards or certain color skulls to access the areas to get to the exit and if you don't have them having to backtrack can just be a little bit annoying because um it's very easy to miss the paths to take you to the cards that you need um and being a game from 93 on a very limited system the music is uh, it's, it's a bit bit annoying to listen to on repeat i ended up actually turning it down mm. um but yeah that being said it's a great game 28 years later it still holds up yeah. and i do i do recommend it definitely definitely awesome okay uh yeah um much like frog fractions uh, Didn't think there's gonna be a frog fractions comparison. Okay, okay, not much like frog fractions. Very okay. little in common with frog fractions. You can play this in bra- in browser. So it's, it's mm-hmm. still, just clickety clack away. Type Doom in browser, and you can play the whole game for free uh, in a DOS simulator. So you know, there's really nothing stopping anyone from playing this game. Uh, also, outside of those, like you know, we always talk about like who's interested in playing this. Um, like unless you're interested in the history of video games mm-hmm. and like have a passion for that you can avoid this like like play any modern first person shooter it directly came from doom like for the most part like you can see the similarities yeah. as soon as you play it so if you're just like oh is this something that does something different no not not at all it doesn't do anything different but it is the bare essence and minimal like representation of what a first person shooter can be like it, mm. it is you can't mm. take anything away from doom and have it kind of function which is a really interesting concept and i you know i think it is fun i liked the music it was very uh mm. uh like metal rock aggressive kind of game music which i found interesting it does get repetitive though like all early yeah. game music for the most part but no like overall i think it was an interesting experience to play through it i think it informs me even more on you know how we ended up where we are now with game design and with the games and experience especially within the first person shooter realm um yeah it is missing narrative in my opinion but that's fine for what it is i mean it's a very short first episode if that's like what you're gonna play through you can roll credits and it's you know it's an afternoon like you can play it on a sunday afternoon and be like oh that wasn't that was an interesting experience i would probably never go back to it in a sense like i just play other games but overall good time good game uh and and uh a very interesting example of gaming history it was 
just a fun fact uh, to finish off my statement it was in the original 10 games uh entered into the library of congress mm-hmm. uh in in 2016 i believe or 2000 yeah 2016 uh when they added games uh to the which included space wars star raiders zork tetris SimCity, super mario bros 3 civ 1 doom warcraft and i can't believe this was in the 10 but sensible world of soccer so there you, there you go. Those oh. are the 10 games that were originally entered the into the library. world of soccer. Yeah, it's like the sensible world of soccer. What is it just like? You're like, it's not, it's not any actual gameplay. You're just, you're just doing interviews after games. It's the sensible oh, world right. of soccer. Can uh, I, no. just before, <laughs> yeah. before Jared um, add, has his bit, can I just add that um, I wasn't aware that there was a play in browser option. So mm. realistically, if you're somebody who has uh you know a laptop or maybe even like a tablet or something play it on your lunch break you know just just experience mm-hmm. the first episode in browser um i don't personally feel that there's anything to lose from doing that it's you know it's not going to cost you any money yeah. um i would say like kai said you have to be interested in playing doom like if you've played doom 2016 and doom eternal and you're like yeah they were great i'm looking for something different you're not going to get that but if you are if you are particularly interested in the history of fps's or if you want a challenge i mean i played on hurt me plenty which is like the medium difficulty you can go all the way up to <laughs> nightmare and ultra violent like there's ultra violent yeah, ultra violent yeah. plus and nightmare so if you want a challenge the challenge is there we didn't right. even discuss bullet hells that's we true. didn't even discuss bullet yeah. hell games. I don't know if bullet hell games would be would be a thing if it, if it wasn't for Doom and Doom ninety three. But yeah, 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 I think I think that they've gotten kind of uh, ex- like to the extreme in more modern versions of it. But this is definitely like some of the original kind of bullet hells, especially with like the strafing and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just to play off what you said, Ben, real quick. You talked about hey, you know, if you have a laptop or whatever, you can play Doom in your browser doom is on the app store for 4.99 so you can buy it and run it on your phone as well so you literally can play doom anywhere you have no excuse if you're interested in doom you have many avenues to play doom if you have one of those samsung fridges that you can double touch twice to show inside i'm sure that you can yeah oh yeah 100 don't give big doom money play it on play play for free on the internet (laughs) um but no i i agree with both of your points and i think our opinions match very closely that um I, I love playing this game. I enjoyed it very much. I, I think, again, it shares so much of the... It has that skeleton of Doom 2016 where jumping in, it just felt sm- smooth. It felt fluid. It was it was the mindless fun that we, I needed after Super Mario RPG. Super Mario RPG was supposed to be the break from our narrative-heavy games and then being more stressful than anything <laughs> that we played before. Uh, so Doom was, was the perfect palate cleanser uh, for this particular game that we played. Um... But I, I actually enjoyed the music. I think that it does get repetitive at times, but with everything happening on screen, we talked about like all the enemies that can be on screen at once. That was the least of my concentration. My concentration was just not dying. I don't remember what difficulty we played on, but I feel like we died a lot. We, we played on the middle di- the difficulty. The same okay. Yeah, I, okay. I think uh, Hurt Me Plenty is like the default. Yeah, yeah, we played on that. And there's certain sections that when you get like a good amount of enemies clustered into a small section at once that it can get pretty difficult. Um, but I enjoyed it. It's just, it's just a lot of mindless fun. I think that Kai, what you said, 
unless you have kind of a curiosity for the history, kind of how all of us do, I don't think you'll enjoy it too much. There's so many modern versions of this that you can play that are, again, very similar to the experiences we have played this last week and we've we've played together. Um, so yeah, if you're curious, play it. If not, go play Doom Eternal, play Doom 2016, play Wolfenstein, play all the thousands of Doom clones that are out there because there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love this game. It was great. And I'm going Jared. to track down a way to play the original Rise of Triads because Ooh. that interests me. I, the 2013 one, it looks a bit too polished. I want to, I want to do the the OG. Yeah. I want like six pixels. I just want like yeah. one guy, yeah. one little square on the Five screen. Five FPS. Eight uh, something bit. we didn't. Something we didn't talk about that I just wanted to bring up really quick is I really love the gun animation in this game. Like when you're shooting or like when the shotgun goes up and the hands are moving, I really love those an- that animation. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. And um, I don't know if you guys got it, but the BFG is fucking beautiful. Did not see the BFG. I got the plasma the rifle. I got yeah. the shotgun. Did you get the chainsaw? The ro- the I did get the chainsaw. chainsaw. The rocket there, launcher. The rocket launcher. There was a lot of us when we were playing deathmatch of just chainsawing each other, which is really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good time. Uh, the BFG is great, though, yeah. But, Ben, what is the next main series that we're going to be playing through? Yeah, so if you um, if you couldn't stomach uh, sitting through all of... Another Super episode Mario of RPG. Mario RPG. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you missed the reveal then, uh, we are playing a Plague Tale Innocence as the next mm-hmm. main series. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of backstory. It was released in 2019 developed by Asobo Studio and published by Focus Home Interactive. It is um, it is what is known as a double-A indie game, yeah. which is, um, for anybody who doesn't know, essentially uh, indie games that are released with the production value and the quality that you would expect from a triple-A game. A triple-A, so, right. Yeah, Innocence, uh, Plague Tale Innocence, uh hellblade senua's sacrifice oh, those kinds hellblade's of games really good. are what is known as as double a games um so it follows the story of amicia the rune a mm. young girl of noble descent who lives with her family which has been uh she lives in aquilintane i've never heard of that place i apologize if i'm pronouncing that wrong um but it has been Invaded by the English army during the Hundred Years' War, so I'm assuming it's in France. Yep, so, so southwestern France. Southwestern mm-hmm. France. She lives. Her and her younger brother Hugo have been ill since birth. Oh no, her younger brother Hugo has been ill since birth, um, and their mother locked him away. And uh, essentially, you're playing as them, and they are trying to uh, escape the. The British Army, from what I understand, just survive thirteen forty eight France is pretty much yeah. <laughs> what, the, what the plot of the game is. Just surviving. Um, so, the game released on uh, PC, PS four, and Xbox One back in twenty nineteen, and then this year a PS five and Xbox Series X slash S version was released in July twenty twenty one, and there's also a cloud based version for Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sequel is on the way 2022 Plague Tale Requiem but yes. the thing that surprised me because I've never played this game 
Mm-hmm. Um, you two have played this game. Yeah, we played this game back in 2020. We played this last year. Yeah, I always heard that this game was like amazing, and apparently it only received generally favorable reviews from critics. Um, it was the ninth best-selling game in the UK during its week of release, and in July 2020, Focus Home announced that the game had just sold more than one million copies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very unlike not sold game i'm I'm surprised it's only a million i thought it'd be more than right. that but um lots of accolades lots of yeah. awards it was nominated for a whole slew of things it ran yeah um outstanding story rich game on the steam awards in 2019 mm-hmm. it ran the art direction uh and performance in a drama for the lead character it was also nominated at the game awards for best narrative best audio at the joystick awards and then i mean titanium awards it was nominated for game of the year best art best game design best narrative design best adventure game Mm -hmm. it's a highly celebrated game and it's one that i has yet to play so i figured why not i have xbox games pass it's on there so let's let's jump into it yeah i'm very i'm I'm curious to see how you feel about this game ben because like like you said kai and i both have played it before so we are going to be playing it on the remastered ps5 version so we'll at least get a little bit of difference in the sense of you know uh quality of the mm-hmm. game um but if you guys are playing along with us play this game in french it is a significantly yeah. better experience if you play it in french yeah i was gonna say you guys recommended that last time i was yeah. gonna drop that as well um, in terms of splitting the game up, mm-hmm. break it down, break it down. We are going to be splitting the game up using the chapters in the game. Um, I believe you guys confirmed the suspicions and what I had been told by by Dan that each of the chapters is kind of uh, a good finishing point for for the podcast. Yeah. So we are going to be doing chapters one to four for the first episode. Mm-hmm. so we will finish chapter four and then we will discuss it and then i believe from there we said we're going to do five to eight nine mm-hmm. to twelve and then twelve to seventeen so there'll only be four Correct. episodes of, of this series yeah we're not having another uh nine episode long smart rpg so <laughs> you're welcome guys oh man uh yeah so for this week we're just playing through chapters one through four of a plague tale and then in the next episode we'll be discussing our time with that I'm I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. Mm. Kai, how do you feel about jumping back into Plague Tale? Rat tornadoes. Oh God! I will try to have I will try to have better takes than just that. But <laughs> I, it is in my own head. It is a meme. In no one else's, but in my head, that is a meme of this game. There are memeable events that happen, and yeah. I, you will run into them, Ben, and yeah, yeah. I will let you know very vigorously that they are happening when they do happen. <laughs> I was going to say, we should preface that, um, although I've never played it and used to have, Jared, from what I remember, you enjoyed your time with it, and Kai yes. was rather uninterested in, in his experience. The, you said you enjoyed a, a most of it. There's a certain sections of the game that you did not enjoy. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get into it. The game in general is a good concept that was poorly carried out, in my opinion. But 
Okay, you right. Know, we'll, we'll have we'll, to see if opinions change or if they stay the same. Yeah, maybe, you know, just maybe updating the graphics a little bit will make, you know, historical inaccuracies even better. <laughs> um, <sighs> okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for getting to the end of this episode. We finished another interstitial. Uh, like I said before, this week we will be playing through chapters one through four of A Plague Tale Innocence, and we'll be talking about it on the next episode. Until then, guys, we will see you next time. Play Long Podcast. Whoa, whoa. Instagram and Twitter. Play yeah. Instagram and Twitter. Review us. At Play Along Pod. Give us a review. Leave us a voice note on the podcast. Anchor. Leave us a voice note. I want to play more voice notes. Yeah. I want to. I want to read more reviews sarcastically. So uh, you know, whether you like us or hate us, go on to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and and leave us a review. It does help us uh, get get the word out if you enjoy yeah. this, mm-hmm. or if you want other people to shit on us, uh, it also helps get the word out for them as well. So uh, leave a review one way or the other, and I will most yeah. likely read it. Uh, and also <laughs> uh, at me at Twitter. Come on, bro, let's go. I want to. I want to get. I want to get on fights on Twitter. I don't have one, uh, but I'll just. Rely you want to get on fights on Twitter, but I'm the one that runs our Twitter, so I have to deal with all these fights. That's fine. Uh, I will respond through Jared. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Okay, guys, we will see you next time with a Plague Tale Innocence. Peace out. Bow, 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 bow. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Peace. Goodbye. Good night. Au revoir. Rat tornado.